Would y'all turn in your Bibles to Psalm 78? We're going to read, not together, but together in spirit, verses 1 through 8. If you would, stand in the honor of reading of God's Word. And I know we already did this once, but we're going to do it again. Psalm 78. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation. The praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand before your church and testimony of what you have done in my life, but also what you are planning to do in the days to come. Pray that you would bless my words, get me out of the way, and open the hearts of everyone here to hear your word, what you have for us each. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So. Jim and Rose Porterfield, Lila Lake, Ruth Porterfield, Dean Oliver, Bob Burroughs, Greg Henselman, Greg Bennett. You don't know these names, do you? Anybody know those names? Those names are people who have had significance in my life, people who have had opportunity to share what God has taught them with me in different stages and seasons of life. They each have great significance. Jim and Rose Porterfield, mom and dad. Mom and dad raised me in a Christian home, gave me a great foundation for the love of God's word, taught me how to uh, go to church, read the Bible, pray. They were a good foundational opportunity for me to learn who God was in my life. Lila Lake was my first grade Sunday school teacher. Lila shared Jesus with me for the first time. She presented the gospel in Sunday school. How many of y'all have taught Sunday school for kids? Don't be too scared. I, I am looking for new volunteers. But. Lila brought the opportunity for me to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd heard it before, but I was six years old in first grade when I prayed to receive Jesus into my heart after Lila. Lila was one who, I'm going to make fun of her because I'm making fun of myself. She wore the horn-rimmed glasses. Y'all, did y'all have her? And the beehive white hair, that's what I remember about her. But she held up a picture of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan um, in Sunday school, and it resonated with me. I knew I needed, to, I needed Jesus, and I needed to follow him in baptism. And I prayed to receive Christ that night with my dad and um, knew exactly what God had done in my life, uh, knew exactly what he 
he, he meant to me at that time. It was an opportunity to hear uh, the truth of the need of Jesus. Um, Ruth Porterfield, Ruth was my grandmother. And um, how many of y'all sat in church when you were, we didn't always have children's church, but I was younger. And my grandmother, Ruth Porterfield, had one distinct um, reason for sitting next to me in church, and that was to squeeze that knee. And that knee still aches on occasion from her squeezing it so many hundreds of times in church and getting my attention to be focused back on the word and on the preacher. Um, but grandmother taught me the love of God's word. She taught me how to take notes in my Bible. She would always hand me a pen in service, or a pencil back then, a pencil and say, write down what you hear in the margins of your word. And so I did, and I learned. She taught me how to take notes in, in, um, in church. Dean Oliver was my youth pastor. Dino, we called him. Dean was a unique young man. He was about 23, 24 years old at the time he was my youth pastor. And he took on three or four of us uh, guys and discipled us. It was the first time I had been discipled and actually saw what that looked like. He presented um, Bible studies that we would go through together. He taught us how to pray. We read something really light, um, The Power of Prayer by E.M. Bounds. It was really light reading. No, but he literally brought us into, into understanding that was the study, we, or one of the texts we would read in alongside with uh, we're studying God's word. But Dean invested his life in three of us teenagers. I was 13, 14 years old at the time. Um, but again, another name. Bob Burroughs. Bob taught me how to love music. Bob was our worship pastor. He was a friend of ours, friend of the family. And Bob was a, uh, a man who invested his life in other people and teaching them how to, how to praise God through music. And so my love of music came through Bob. He was an investor. Greg Henselman was uh, my discipler at uh, the University of Georgia um, at Campus Crusade for Christ. He, uh, he began a Bible study uh, with six of us guys, sorry, seven of us guys. Um, and we did a, we had a small group through uh, three years of, of uh, University of Georgia, all, all of us together. Six of the seven of us went into full-time ministry. Greg taught us how to disciple others. So he taught us how to be a disciple and then how to disciple others, which is really important because we can sit and eat a lot, but if we're never turning around and discipling others, that next generation that we just read about and heard about from God's word in Psalm 78 never happens. So Greg taught me how to disciple others. And then finally, Greg Bennett was a, Greg Bennett was my college pastor from my home church, and Greg invested in the lives of college students at the time. And he became more of a friend to me than he did a pastor. It was it was it was one of those grand relationships that um, evolved over time, and eventually, I went and served at a church plant with him. The two of us went and were able to have opportunity to go serve in a church plant situation and spent five years together planting a church. It was fantastic. He taught me leadership, so he invested his life in me and teaching leadership. Um, how do you lead a people? And so that was the significance of there. So these are all ancestors who passed down the truth of God's word and his praiseworthy deeds. Um, just as God's word says, if, um, if I had not heard the truth of God's word, then I wouldn't be the man that I am today. God would not have been able to shape me and mold me if others had not passed down the good nature and the goodness of God's word and what he has done for us. Um, 
But it took faith on their part. They had to live it. They had to speak it. They weren't able to just sit and by osmosis pass on their faith. It was, a, it was an intentionality on their part to go and take God's word as it's written on the pages and on their hearts and now share it with their mouth. It's been a while since I've worn one of these. Um, how many of y'all grew up in Sunday school or had some Sunday school when you were young? Okay, great. How many of y'all had youth camps, retreats, children's choirs? Who sang in children's choirs? Awesome. VBS. We've all been there, done that. Now it's time to pass it to the next generation. And I, what I've seen from the church so far, you guys are doing a fantastic job of that. I want to applaud you for doing that. But I'm also going to challenge you today to do it some more. Because there's more out there. There's a lot more. The kids that we have are here, but there's a lot more out there. Um, the evidence of their faithfulness, those individuals, and those weren't all the individuals who invested in my life. There were many, many others. Those tend to stand out. They all culminated in, in my calling. When I was 15 years old, I had a crisis of belief. Anybody do experiencing God? Yep, Moses had a crisis of belief. And the burning bush on the mountain gave him the opportunity to make a decision. He had to choose. When I was 15 years old, I distinctly remember sitting at my desk one morning, having my quiet time, reading God's word. And it was a very evident word of God right in my ear hole, right? It's one of those that you can't deny. And he was calling me, I want you to serve uh, full-time ministry. And uh, my, my response at the time was, I don't think so. You got the wrong guy. I, I kind of followed Moses' example right there, right? It was, uh, no, uh, you definitely are calling the wrong guy. And I fought that calling, quite honestly, through, uh, through college. And uh, while I was at the university, uh, a series of events just gave me confirmation over confirmation that that was exactly what God was calling me to do and to come and serve his kingdom through a vocational ministry. Um, in verse 5, it says, He commanded our ancestors to teach their children. More than just teaching, the invitation is to go and serve. And we've each been called to go. There was a young uh, a lady that also uh, was a pivotal person in my life. And when I was going from Henderson High School in Tucker, Georgia, graduating and going to the University of Georgia my freshman year, she looked at me and she said, don't go and not sow seeds for the kingdom. Go and be a leader because God's called you to be a leader. And I took that to heart. I didn't know exactly what that meant at the time, but I went and did exactly what she said. She said, go. She said, Jesus told us to go, so we should go. And so her challenge and then the challenge of some leaders in my uh, time with Campus Crusade gave me opportunity to step into leadership, be a, uh, a discipler of disciples. And I watched a couple of generations of, of, of guys at University of Georgia whom I discipled began to disciple their own groups. That's an amazing thing to see. Y'all, anybody ever seen that happen where you've been discipling a group or some uh, individuals and then watch them turn around and replicate? It's an amazing, amazing thing to watch God do that. Confirmation through uh, student ministries at different churches and then uh, through crusade leadership gave me opportunity to, to really just see God's calling, hear other people confirm that, and follow through with it. That calling took me to a, a church right out of the University of Georgia in Macon, Georgia. And y'all are probably wondering who I am. 
because that's kind of why I'm here. Um, I met my wife in Macon. She was, um, I always say this, and everybody gets the wrong idea, but she was one of my students when I was a youth pastor. She wasn't one of my youth. She was a college student. And uh, she thought that I invited all of the college students back on the weekends to help out with the youth ministry activities we were doing. She was very gullible. I was only inviting her back. Um, but she came when she graduated from college. I was too scared to ask her out. So she asked me out on our first date. And her name is Stephanie. She's sitting here with me um, 27 years ago. And um, we, we've had some kids. I've got some pictures so y'all can get an introduction to the family because I've only got one of, me, one of them with me these days. Um, but the, uh, is it up there yet? So I've got some pictures. I'm just give you a it's quick. These are when they were little. So you know that I did have little kids at some point. Um, Joshua, Laura, and Caleb are my, are my kids. And um, they're not this big anymore, but Caleb does still stick his tongue out like this uh, on a regular occasion. Uh, Joshua is 24. He lives in Macon, Georgia, and is pursuing a career down there. Laura is a senior at the University of Tennessee, and that is a difficult check to write every semester. Um, I do write it on my University of Georgia checks, though, and say go dogs every time. Um, and then uh, Caleb is with us. He's 19. And he is pursuing a career in law enforcement. So I'm really proud of all three of my kids. Laura's going to be a middle school math teacher, which I thought, good thing you're saved. Um, because <laughs> that's the hardest thing I think I could think of to be in a, in a middle school math position. Um, that's, that's her joy and that's her position. Laura, I mean, Stephanie is, a, just is going to start working. She's been a teacher that by her career for her, her, her entire career. And moving here, she's actually going to go to work for a school. We just found out. Um, this week, so uh, at Cherokee Christian Schools, so we're very proud and thank, thankful for, to God for the opportunity for her to, to do that. Um, my kids were a result of people investing in me and sharing their faith with me, so that the next generation could hear. And my prayer is that my kids, gen- my kids, will have kids. I want grandkids. Caleb, I want grandkids. Not now, but <laughs> at some point, and. Uh, I want you to be able to share your faith with them as well. There's a song that kind of became the theme of my ministry, my life's ministry. Uh, it came out a long time ago uh, by a guy named Stephen Curtis Chapman. Anybody heard Stephen Curtis Chapman? Okay. It's called The Great Adventure. How many of you all remember that song? Rode horses and all that fun stuff. But he says, come on, get ready for the ride of your life. Going to leave long-faced religion, that stuff that's you know man's best attempt to get to God. Doesn't work in a cloud of dust behind, and discover all the new horizons just waiting to be explored. This is what we were created for. And I took that song to heart, that God's calling on my life was such that there's an adventure out in front of me. Not always going to be easy, not always going to be fun, but there's definitely joy in the journey, is there not? And so the career that, that God chose for me and brought me the fruit that he created um, within my life from the opportunities that were passed down from other generations to myself um, resulted in, in this. I've served in several churches. Um, I was uh, uh, traditionally a, a student pastor starting out. I worked in uh, a church plant where I also did children's ministry and um, went on to, uh, to different ministries. I worked for uh, Lifeway most recently, and uh, Lifeway's publisher of the Southern Baptist Convention, and um, some of y'all may frown at that. Others may smile at that, so I do both. I frown and smile at it. It was a good career. There was an opportunity to serve the Big C Church, as I said. 
And then um, I kind of came into a opportunity to step away from that and back into the local church, which I was really praying for. I was looking for God to move me, and uh, and uh, this opportunity came about, and I'm I'm here, and I'm so glad and so thankful that I'm here at Midway. Um, this is going to be a fantastic season, I believe, in in the life of my ministry. My ministry is such that it's really based on the Great Commission, and I mean, how could I not, coming out of a crusade background, right? I mean, it's kind of like the whole thing. Uh, go and make disciples uh, of all the nations, and uh, there's lots of lots of stories behind that. Of um, I've been overseas to share the gospel, and been in secret churches in the Middle East, and all kinds of stuff that I'll eventually I'll be able to share with you guys. But uh, it is an adventure. There's been lots of good things, lots of bad things, health, bad health, uh, amazing recoveries, and miracles that have brought me to the place at this point. Again, another story for another day. But um, but if the purpose of the church is to create disciples, then make disciples, then I hope I'm in the right place. Because I think it looks to me like this church is making disciples who make disciples. And I'm looking to you as parents of these children as are you ready to, or are you already doing it, but I'm sure I'm, I'm hoping to come alongside you and assist in helping make disciples of your children so that they can make disciples and follow Jesus. Um, my, my vision for the, for the children's family ministry is such that um, I do want to focus on coming alongside you as parents and, um, and develop discipleship strategies and, um, and you know, home work, as it were. You know, we, we only get the three, a couple of three hours, I think, with, with the kids a week. And so the rest of it is kind of on you. And as my parents helped me, um, and they weren't perfect by any means, I mean, we missed a lot of stuff. And, and then I missed it a lot as a professional minister slash dad. You know, I missed a lot of stuff with my own kids. So there's nothing perfect about it. But at the same time, there is the opportunity to strive towards a goal. And I want to help do that with you guys, create a nurturing environment for your children so that they can share the great deeds of Jesus of, of, and share that with their, their next generation. Um, another song by old Stephen Curtis Chapman, can you tell I'm a fan? I like old Stephen. He's a good guy. Um, it's called For the Sake of the Call, and I think it was, it was the core song that, that uh, it, it always reverberates in, in my heart. It always comes back, um, and w- no matter what setting I'm in um, and serving the kingdom, it is to do so for the sake of God's call. And it says, drawn like the rivers are drawn to the sea. There's no turning back, for the water cannot help but flow. If you're in God's word, you can't help but do what he says. Um, once we hear the Savior's call, we'll follow wherever he leads. Because of the love he has shown and because he has called us to go, we will answer. So today, I want to give you guys an opportunity to answer. This is not a recruiting call. As much as it is just an opportunity to say, hey, I'm willing to do whatever God calls me to do. What does that look like? I don't know. Maybe you don't know yet either. But it's an opportunity to, to say, I'm gonna, I'd like to step up and, and follow, the, into the, follow God into the great adventure. Follow Christ into the unknown. He's got a place for you. Uh, maybe you're already doing that, and that's awesome. And maybe you, you haven't done that yet, or maybe you're in transition. But many here serve already in Sunday school teaching positions. I know I've met lots of y'all, and others are serving in servant positions as deacons and um, 
you know, team leaders and teams. Um, we've had a lot of y'all come to our house and bring meals, which has been fantastic. Thank you so much for that. You're quite the giving community, and I've um, loved getting to know a lot of y'all already and look forward to doing so even more so. Um, so my call to action this morning is um, what is your call? I, it took a while for me to find mine, but at the same time, it, once I did, I, I, I was able to step into it, and God and the Holy Spirit pushed me into p empowering me to move in that direction, and I, I, um, I want you to do the same thing. So are you ready to share with the next generation? Because that's what this children's family thing is all about, is sharing God's great deeds um, with the next generation. And I'm going to need assistance. I'm going to need parents. I'm going to need more volunteers. Um, I, I've seen those who are working and have been working without leadership for, for a, a year. I say without leadership, without this position in leadership. Dean's obviously provided great leadership. But um, they're a little worn out. I'm looking at someone now. Um, and, and they're willing to keep going. But at the same time, I want to make sure we get some, some new blood and some assistance in there. So I'll be looking for you. To, I'll give you opportunities to step up to the plate and all kinds of fun stuff. But this morning, I want to give you opportunity to do exactly that. Maybe you don't want to work with children. I get that too. But maybe God's calling you to another calling, another place of service um, here at Midway. Um, so I want to give you opportunity to, to do that. I also want to just op give you opportunity, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, to, to do that as well. That is a, a great calling, is a great adventure, and the opportunity to follow Christ in salvation is, is primary. Um, so let's pray together if we would. Um, I'll ask Dean to come on up and receive you for the invitation. Um, God, your word says in Psalm 78, 7, they would put their trust in, in you, but only after we followed your commands. And then that generation would not forget the deeds. And then they would keep your commandments as well. So we pray for the generation now to step up to, to, plate, to the plate and, and be the, the need, the solution, the mouthpiece for you to share with the next generation so that they can then share in turn with their kids. So, Lord, we give you this time and um, opportunity to speak to our hearts and challenge us with the, the call to serve or the call to come to you for the very first time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Drew. At this time, the praise team is going to come and lead us in a song, uh, our a song of commitment. And we'll give you the opportunity, as Drew has mentioned, um, if you... Uh, really think the Lord would, would like you to be involved in, in serving him and you've never acknowledged that before or you're recommitting yourselves to that. Maybe you've heard that call at some other point in your life and, you, and like Drew, kind of kept putting it off, putting it off until maybe today. If you're really sensing the Lord's uh, call on your life to, to serve him uh, in a new way, we'll give you the opportunity to let, it, let the others know that by coming down to the front and uh, we'll pray for you and with you and, uh, and celebrate um, that decision. Also, Maybe, as Drew mentioned, maybe you're, uh, you've been coming, maybe online with us, but you've never really put your trust in Jesus. You've, you've still been kind of hanging on to other things, maybe church attendance or 
Bible reading or prayers or, or, or doing good things. Maybe you're finding out now for the first time that you need Jesus to forgive you of your sins, that you can't do it yourself. And so we'll give you the opportunity. If you want to make, make that um, decision public uh, this morning, come down and let us know that. Acknowledge um, Christ before men. He says that he'll also acknowledge us before his heavenly Father. So we'll give you that opportunity to do that this morning. Maybe you're already a believer in Christ want to join the fellowship here of this church. Um, want to be a part of what Drew's talking about, um, raising up people to follow Jesus, to help other people also follow him. Whatever the case might be, let us come down and let us know that so that we can introduce you uh, to the rest of the body too and welcome you to Midway Community Church. But let's stand together uh, as we sing this song, Commitment, Come as the Lord Leads, um, as we sing.